personas con habilidades Músicos, emprendedores y profesionales Luchadores de la vida, seguro ellos te motivan Yo sé que tú puedes, así que dale Nunca te pares Recuerda que la vida es bonita si la gozas Nunca te pares Dios te guiará, te lo dice Denis Mendoza Happy stars, happy stars En este episodio, tenemos a dos artistas an entrepreneur. We have Valentin Serna. Say hello. Hi, everyone. Right? How are you? I'm doing good. And yourself? I'm good. Thank you. Question. What gets you up in the morning? Money. Money. <laughs> money. <laughs> Is it like the bills or like the hungry for money? You know, I'm... No, that, <laughs> the bills, I guess uh, it's just a little bit of both. You know? I'm, kidding, yeah, I'm, like, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a little bit of both, but I yeah. don't know. I mean, just... Uh, You know what? I, it's just become a routine, honestly. Mm -hmm. It's not even one of those things where like, oh, you know what? I'm just tired. I don't even want to go to work. No, it's never yeah. like that. I know my day consists of like 16 hours, you know, on a daily basis mm -hmm. of working, you know. So I get up every morning thinking, you know, I'm going to do the best today, as I always do. I try to do my best in my artwork because uh, I always think, hey, you know what? This is my name out there. So anybody that sees this piece of artwork is always going to come back and like oh i know the guy who did that mm -hmm. you know type deal mm -hmm. so for me it's like it's that it's just being hungry yes to keep on moving forward succeeding and all that but more so it's the art form like i said it's come to a point where it's like i really really do enjoy it oh. and more than anything it's like i mean what else is I mean, it couldn't get any better. I mean, you're getting oh, paid. Awesome. You're getting paid to do something you enjoy mm -hmm. doing, you know? That's so great. for me, that's just that. Mm -hmm. The enjoyment. I'm like, heck yeah, I'm going to do a, you know, awesome piece of artwork today. Mm -hmm. And and even if it's like the smallest of tattoos, I still put my full effort into it because mm -hmm. it's got to look good, you know? Because even sometimes the most simplest tattoo are the most difficult because it's so easy to show any kind of mistake. Ooh, okay. Shaky line, hey, you're going to see that from a mile away. So <laughs> it's just one of those things, you know what I mean? Yeah. Are you a happy star? Do you consider yourself a happy star? For the most part, yes, yeah. I do. Yeah. Do you, I mean, do you walk around feeling like a celebrity? <laughs> at times, at times. Yeah. You know what? Because you see a lot of people, right? Yeah, I do know a lot of people. And you know what? It's a funny thing. I can tell you briefly. There was one time, actually, I went to a coffee stand uh -huh. and it felt that way. I was in there and I was gonna pay cash for mm -hmm. my coffee and I handed him my card. And they're like, Valentine Serna? I'm like, Yeah, yeah. Are you the guy that wants a tattoo shop down the street? I'm like, that's oh me. So right away I felt like laughing. <laughs> like, hey. You're like, where's the camera? <laughs> like, Who's hiding wow, that? Wow, okay. <laughs> yeah, so it, it does mm -hmm. it does have a little bit of feeling to it. And it does yeah. feel good to be recognized for what it is that you are and what you do. Definitely feels good. good. So yeah. Good. I feel once. like you have you always have something like um, hidden like something under your sleeve that you're gonna pull and you're just gonna impress us all so like you opened your tattoo studio without really I don't know like spreading rumors about it it was just like it happened and I was like oh dang you know yeah I mean it, it really was it, it really did happen that way it was kind of like one of those things where I'd been doing tattooing for so long. I probably did it prior to being a professional tattoo artist. I did it for about eight years. And then one day I just had a wake-up call and I realized, you know what? It's time to get serious. It's time to really do this. It got so busy that I just really needed a, a space away from home where I can actually do what I love doing the most, which is tattooing. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I just kind of went through school, got done with it, and then I realized that as soon as I was done, I wasn't going to waste any time. I just jumped on it right away, and wow. then uh, that's when I decided to open up my own tattoo shop. Wow. So was it was that an easy decision? Because you do have family. It, you know what? It, it, 
I feel like a lot of things do come easy and because of the, I mean, because of who I am, I just really like to do things and mm-hmm. just sometimes impulsively. And I just do it because, you know what, that's a lot of things that's something to be done. Mm-hmm. When you think of it and you're able to do it, you just got to do it. Because if you procrastinate mm-hmm. and you sit on certain things, you just never get around to it. Gotcha. And I'm just kind of like that go-getter kind of person. I just, you know, even though, I, yes, I do have a family life and all that other stuff. And mm-hmm. I do have a job, which I still work. I'm still an employee for somebody else, guys. Sorry, believe it or not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the insurance ain't cheap. So I had to yeah, keep a job yeah, to be able definitely. to keep that. So, you know, overall, I mean, it was, it was a lot of... Um, there was a lot of things, you know, that took part in it, but for the most part, I felt like it was really easy, honestly. I wow. Mean, yeah. There, there's there's certain things in there that just kind of like, there was a lot of commuting to go to school mm-hmm. and, you know. Yeah, because you were going to, wasn't it like a three-hour drive or something like that? Yeah, just about a three-hour drive north of here and that were was. Were you, I'm sorry, were you sleeping there or were you coming back to I was, sleep? Oh, no. I was, I was coming back and forth Dang. on a daily, so. Uh, I say, luckily for me, with um, with my job that I have, uh, they were able to work with me as far as like mm-hmm. the work schedule, mm-hmm. and my my manager gotta give kudos to him, man. Just, <laughs> man, you know this guy helped me out through this whole schooling where mm-hmm. he had me work a modified schedule, which benefited us both in the end. But yeah, no, I was actually having to go back and forth. I thought about wow. sleeping, but I needed to get out of school and get right back into work. So mm-hmm. literally, get up in the morning, get on the road, go to school, uh, come back, mm-hmm. go to work. And then from work, get off at, you know, late night and all over again back in the morning. So it was definitely... How many days were you going to school? So <clears throat> like like any other school semester, you know, it was four months. But like the very first two months of it, mm-hmm. it was just uh, once a week. Mm-hmm. Then when it got to the second part of it, which, which was the tattooing practicing, mm-hmm. then it became to be three days a week. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I was even going four days a week because I really just wanted to get my hours in just to yeah. get this thing over with. Gotcha. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So how was your family? They, they've been very supportive. I mean, yeah. yes, I'm sorry, but I do tend to absent myself quite a bit. But, you know, I, I think for the most part, my wife is understanding that, mm-hmm. you know, to be able to get something going, you have to make those sacrifices. Yeah. And, you know, here's soon enough. I'm hoping that soon I can actually make up all the time that I miss with them, you know, that I didn't spend to be able to take them out and do, you know, a bunch of other things. Yeah, which I was going to ask you, actually, is there like an end to this? Do you have a goal that you're getting to? You know, I could say yes, but I'd be lying to you. Mm. There is no set goal. It's just yeah. come, you just kind of roll with the punches and kind of keep going. Gotcha. I mean, who knows? Maybe next thing you know, I might open something different. I just don't mm-hmm. want to be specific because yeah. I don't know myself, you yeah. know? Yeah. I'm just kind of like one person, the type of person that if I think of something mm-hmm. and I feel like I can do it, I go for it. So, nice. I mean, to be honest, there are many things out there that I like to do. Mm-hmm. I just, when the time is right, I'll, I'll make yeah. the move, you know? Yeah. Do you think you, you will ever like wake up and be like, I'm done. I don't want to do tattoos anymore. You know what? I've been drawing for so long. Yeah. And we go back to when I was in kindergarten. Dang. And I just, I don't think I ever will. In yeah. fact, people ask, ask me oftentimes, are you ever just going to quit your job, mm-hmm. you know, and do this full time? Honestly, no. I mean, I, I love tattooing as much mm-hmm. as I do, but I don't want to make a job out of it. So therefore, to me, it's a hobby. Oh, wow. A hobby gotcha. I get paid for mm-hmm. and I love it and enjoy it just as it is. I feel like if I make it a job, mm-hmm. it just might take all the interest away from me. I might be like, you know what? No, I don't want to do it. You know? Yeah. I feel, I don't know if I'm wrong, but um, the name of your tattoo shop is All-in-One Tattoo Shop. I feel like you did that on purpose so that you could put more things and more things in it. <laughs> and that is exactly right. Yeah, you know? you're that type of person that just wants to grow and grow and grow, right? I mean, it could become <laughs> a shopping center for all you know, maybe yeah. someday. So, mm-hmm. yes, there, there is a... 
there is a whole thing behind it where mm-hmm. this is the reason why I chose the all-in-one mm-hmm. studio. We are a tattoo shop and a barber shop gotcha. currently. So we have uh, you know three barbers on, on the floor currently. And yes, there are more things to add on to it. But like I said, I don't want to spill the beans quite yet because I made the mistake of doing that once. <laughs> and it definitely bit me in the rear end. Oh, just no. to not be. <laughs> Do you want to tell the story? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can briefly okay. tell you about it. So, um... In this time, while I was trying to go, well, I was going to tattoo school. Mm-hmm. So the all-in-one tattoo and barber studio was already in place, right? It's just that it, it just took time to mm-hmm. open up the barbershop itself. But uh, the whole point of doing the all-in-one uh, tattoo studio, actually, the initial plan for that was to have someone that could do tattoo removals there. Mm. All right, tattoo removals. I myself do micropigmentation and uh, microblading and, you know, just cosmetic tattooing. So this Mm. is your all-in-one tattoo place, you know, initially. But with that, there was other things to come. But uh, I made the mistake of of mentioning what I was going to do to um, a so-called friend of mine. Yes, (laughs) guys. So please, 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 you know, just keep keep things to yourself, you know. Yes, yes, yes. Everybody's out for their own and, uh, you know. I learned that too. I learned that too this year. Yeah, it, it sucks, oh. guys. It really does. And you know what? You you mm. think you can trust people, yeah. and man, they really prove to you that they're, <laughs> they're not trustworthy, you know? Uh, okay. And uh, and at first, I was kind of worked up about it. You know, I was mm-hmm. like, you know what, man? I told him what my initial plan was, yeah. and he basically went and said everything I told him, he went in and spilled the beans to somebody else. So therefore, you know, a tattoo shop was opened up, not with my specific name, obviously, but offering the same thing oh, i was going to offer God. on my shop so therefore mm-hmm. when i would have been the first one to do it you know somebody else kind of that's messed up that's yeah, messed up that's it is messed up. who's so, who's, the, who's the person no, I'm, kidding, put, I'm kidding i could put him on blast but it wouldn't <laughs> no, even be no, right no. <laughs> <laughs> you know no but um another question you did mention that you started in kindergarten drawing yeah i mean i've been always passionate about okay. you know drawing were you good though like i i used to draw but not good <laughs> well you know what it's just one of those things that with time you get better you gotcha. know what i'm saying so yeah i mean i wasn't obviously great at it but the drive was there I really want to do it and pursue it more. Mm-hmm. And I mean, never did I think that I'd be doing it as a tattoo artist, honestly. This gotcha. was just like something that just kind of came across me one day and I picked up a tattoo machine, which is right here. This oh, is yeah. my very first tattoo machine. And I actually, uh, I picked that one up when I was working at a, a car detail shop. So mm-hmm. I was working for a good friend of mine, you know, doing car details because I'm a car fanatic too. I mean, if I could tell you something I actually want to do, I never did was auto body and paint. Like I said, I'm a, I'm a car fiend. I love cars, but you know what? It started somewhere. So I actually started doing car details. And this one guy came up one day with this specific tattoo machine okay. asking if anyone want to buy it, right? Like just a random guy in the street? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, I think it was one of the... I would be like, hmm. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Yeah, I guess you're right. But it's, it seemed clean, all right? Okay. <laughs> For what it's worth. <laughs> all right. But then, you know, obviously, now that I'm a professional at it, I know... I mean, I wouldn't pick one up, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Somebody just handed me something like, no, dude, you need to take that away. You know, I don't want no... Yeah. Nothing that could possibly, you know, contaminate me yeah. or anybody else. So, I, I initially got my first tattoo machine when I was, gotta say, I was 19 years old. Mm. No, I'm 31, by the way. All right. And I'm married, taking. Guys. All right. <laughs> just make it clear. <laughs> so I was 19 years old all the time, and I just kind of picked it up and started, you know, practicing with my good friends. Luckily, I had a good group of guys that actually didn't care for what they wanted. They just wanted a tattoo. That's hey. all it was. So thanks to those guys, you know, mm-hmm. I started practicing and practicing and eventually became, you know, decent at it. And then that's when things started to get real, when people just started hitting me up that I didn't even know. Mm-hmm. 
you know, could you do a tattoo? I'm like, yeah, you know what? No, not really. I mean, I just don't want any strangers coming mm-hmm. in and invading our, you know, privacy. So it started from there. And that's when I decided to really just go professional to have a spot away from home where I could actually, you know, feel comfortable and not invade my, my family and my kids' privacy. But uh, yeah. yeah, like I said, it just, it, it started there really, you know? <clears throat> and I, I mean, there is a little more backstory to it. So uh, it was one of my good friends from school. I used to always grab a ballpoint pen and just kind of draw on my, my hand, make my own little sleeve. <laughs> and uh, he noticed that and he asked, you know, why don't you get into tattoo? And I was just like, you know what? I never thought of it. You know, I really never did. And to be honest, I never did think of it. Mm-hmm. I just like, yeah, no, it's not for me type deal. Mm-hmm. And he even let me borrow um, the first tattoo machine I ever touched. I actually borrowed it from him mm-hmm. and tried it out. And I didn't like the feel of it. I feel like I just messed up the person whose tattoo I did initially and then um just kind of left it alone for a good two years left it alone didn't think about getting back into it although i did do my senior project based on tattooing so when when did you get your first tattoo you know what my what's ver- the story okay <laughs> here, here goes here goes right so my very first tattoo i couldn't wait to turn 18 right to get my very first tattoo mm-hmm. and I well go you get- actually waited till you were 18 yeah yeah wow yeah. okay i did well i actually did a couple little ones in my fingers okay but, that's uh, what i thought that's what i thought yeah I remember seeing something. Th- those aren't ca- <laughs> they're not counted for though right uh, okay <laughs> my first professional tattoo i got mm-hmm. when i was 18 so um I was just kind of anxious to wait until I was 18, and once the day came, I, I actually waited a few months before after that to get my first one, and I wanted to get something that meant something to me, Yeah. you know, even though, I mean, I wasn't a troublesome kid or nothing like that, but I had my rebel days, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I feel like, you know, we all do things that we regret. I don't regret nothing. I don't regret anything, because okay. you know what? <laughs> they're, they're, they're all learning experiences, right? Yeah. You know, and luckily, I never, you know was a headache for my parents or nothing like that so mm-hmm. the stuff that i did was just being you know young and dumb and doing all sorts of stuff and to myself i want to get something across my chest that said uh forgive me okay right yes, yeah. forgive me for everything that i've done towards my parents to the lord almighty everything i've done mm-hmm. i'm like you know what i was kind of my former asking for forgiveness well come to find out <laughs> i come home with my tattoo Uh-oh. and my dad was upset yeah uh-huh. and now the guy has two tattoos done by me so you figure right yeah but <laughs> <Dang>. <laughs> He was very upset more than my mom and uh, to the point where he's like, you know what? If you're going to do whatever you want to do, you know, you better be on your own. So in other words, he probably, you know, he wasn't mm-hmm. meaning to kick me out. But yeah. he, he realized that, you know what? It wasn't anything bad. It wasn't a thing getting affiliated. It, sent, it was something that meant a lot more to me. Mm-hmm. Once I explained to him what it went, like he was okay with it. Mm-hmm. No you more. You were like, literally, forgive me. Yeah, literally. <laughs> this is yeah. what it says, right? <laughs> And I check for spelling, right? I make yeah. sure so it actually oh, says forgive me on there, right? So mm. once he once he realized what it stood for, he was okay with it. And um. then he did say no more. So, you know, to say, yeah, I actually didn't get any more while I was still living under his, under his mm-hmm. roof. I didn't get any more. No way I actually lied. I did get one more, but he was aware of it, so mm. he didn't care, you know. Yeah. And obviously, you know. You don't see any tattoos on my arms, which is still a lot of people give me grief because, like, my oh. my partner, he's covered. And mm-hmm. people walk in there. Your and, business partner. Yeah, my business partner. Yeah. yeah. So he, yeah, <laughs> just to make it clear. Because <laughs> I was, like, cutting it? No, what? no, not her. No, my, okay. my homie. All right, my gotcha. homie. He, yeah. He's covered in tattoos. Okay. And uh, everybody always kind of, like, when you go into a tattoo shop, everybody's, like, covered in tattoos. Whether uh-huh. it's tattoos or piercings, it doesn't matter. They have either yeah. one of them. Yeah. 
for me, it's like I'm clean. And people always ask me, like, oh, well, why did you do tattoos if you don't have any tattoos? Mm. I'm like, you bet I don't. I do. Yeah. And I, I, there's been a couple of instances, like, okay, so I just flash them with uh-huh. my stomach. Hey, you know what? I have torso tattoos. That <laughs> and you're like, so- by the way, forgive me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <I'm> sorry. <laughs> okay, no more jokes about that. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. I'm that done. was a good one. All right. I'm done. You're good. So yeah, I mean that's the only thing. That's the only thing that always you know gets people. Like, how does one that does tattoos not have any? I'm like, mm-hmm. well, I do. I just don't like to have them showing because, like I said, at my other job, I still have to show like a professional you know aspect. Mm-hmm. And uh, even though they say, oh yeah, you can have whatever you want, no, they really don't mean that. <laughs> they just yeah. saying like you know, obviously they're not gonna frown upon them, but they would prefer that you don't have any, and, and which is which is fine. It's respectable because I myself too. Like if I was you know trying to talk to someone professional and mm-hmm. i noticed that they did have a lot of tattoos you know people do tend to still get that like oh yeah you know i don't mm-hmm. know about that but i feel like more they're getting more and more accepted mm-hmm. so therefore it's not so much like that but i guess in a sense now i kind of want to be unique uh not unique i mean different i mean gotcha. that's a, that's what i'm oh, looking for good. yeah i want to be different yeah i like that idea you know and although you do see a little one right here you know, I just recently got this one done. It was for my buddy. Made in Mexico. Made in Mexico, yes. Okay. Born down there. So That's I just cool. wanted something that made sense, you know, to me and other people. Because uh, most everybody gets something that says Hecho in Mexico. And I feel mm-hmm. like it's so overrated and so played out. Okay. And for me, it was more of a, you know what? I want people to be able to read what it says, you know, made in Mexico. Mm-hmm. And this was just something like a stamp that I wanted to do. So, again, different. Mm-hmm. So I just thought about this. And I figured, you know what? I spent two-thirds of my life in the States, so might as well do it in English, but still have that Mexico mm-hmm. and, you know, in it. So Yeah. When did you move to Mexico? Um, well, to from, you, yeah. from Mexico. Uh, you know what? Kind of, for a while, it was kind of back and forth, all right? So mm. the very first time I got here was when I was four years old, right? Yes, across the border. Swam the river, right? <laughs> <laughs> no shame. No shame. But anyways, like I said. Do you remember? I do clearly oh, remember. Yeah, I was uh, four years old. I just remember that the guy that was crossing us, he uh, he put me on his shoulder. He actually put me on his back and he swam across with me being a four-year-old. And that's when we moved here to the valley back wow. in 94. So mm-hmm. uh, I went to preschool, you know, kindergarten, first grade, and initial, the initial part of second grade here. Mm, okay. And my mom, you know, she said that she wanted to go back to Mexico because she missed her parents. So therefore, in like 97, like at the very beginning of 97, she decided to go back home and obviously i had oh. no choice i went with her obviously oh, so okay. went to mexico and then didn't come back over until i was um 10 yeah, and that's okay. when i met you and your siblings yeah. so that's when i was 10 and once again across the border I, did, did you speak english at you, 10 uh you know what i i was somewhat fluent because i did pick up a lot of it when i was in you know preschool mm-hmm. and kindergarten and you know what they say as a kid you're like a sponge you absorb everything right mm-hmm. so yes I, I was you know fluent okay. but I, I could i mean i used a little practice and i actually just kind of came natural you know kind of like mm-hmm. when they say it's like pedaling the bike once you mm-hmm. get going it just starts coming to you naturally okay. uh-huh. so yeah i did know a little bit of english and uh because of my previous years of being here which kind of it sucked being in mexico because I never learned to read and write in Spanish. Mm. So everything I would write down south was kind of, I would always pronounce it or read it in English. So just, oh, okay. uh, wow. I was bullied. All right. I was bullied for that. But <laughs> yeah, it was because it was just one of those things, you know, I learned to read English properly. So everything was just kind of backwards for me over there. Mm-hmm. But once I came back, 
like I said, with a little bit of practice, I was able to pick back up on it. So, wow, wow. Yeah. No wonder, because when I met you guys, um, your family, um, I was like, how do they know English if they just arrived? Like, how are they so so smart? But now, okay, makes yeah, sense. Well, at, at the time, I think I was the only one. I think Susana, my sister, I think she, she went, obviously, you know what? No, I don't think she even went to school. You know, oh. not here. I wow. think she just learned it just because of hearing me yeah. speak it. But I was I was the only one that went to school during that first time we got yeah. here. So she might have known a little bit, but I was the one that went to mm. to school because I think she might have gone to preschool and kindergarten at most when we went back to Mexico. So mm -hmm. she knew, but very little. Gotcha. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. So um, why did you did your family choose Oregon? You know, it was uh, at one point, this was like the valley to be in for whatever mm. reason. It's because uh, there was a lot of... Um, orchard you know okay, work yeah. like harvesting like pears and whatnot mm -hmm. mainly pears mm -hmm. and that's something my dad was really good at and mm -hmm. uh because obviously they would work you know depending on how many bosses you would make is what you mm -hmm. got paid so he was very agile at that he was very good at it so you know i don't even know i think he landed in here the very first time in 86 with his dad mm -hmm. you know and uh my, my grandpa obviously he landed here and they really liked it and we just kind of thought you know we did live in northern california for about mm -hmm. two years but I, di i didn't like it it wasn't my type of mm -hmm. environment and here, chico california right it's actually orland what orland what's up with chico because remember chico chico is just a neighboring town to orland oh, oh okay so you guys never lived in chico no oh, i used to think that no oh, okay, my, okay. my sister well my sister was born there okay. one of my sisters right But I uh, know we live in Orland, which is oh. like right off of I-5. Chico mm. is more out, you know, mm -hmm. east, I guess you were saying that aspect. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's east. But no, I didn't live there. It was in Orland. But yeah, they say I was there and uh, that's when I made it back to Mexico. And when we came back this time, it was uh, to, to Medford again. Mm -hmm. And uh, that that was also interesting because, like I said, my, verse, my very first time I crossed the river. The second time we crossed the desert and, you know. Wow. Yeah, we were mm -hmm. chased by dogs and everything. So I clearly remember everything that happened. And uh, I just remember, you know, getting underneath the bridge and just kind of, you know, waiting mm -hmm. for the arrival of who was supposed to pick us up. But, uh, yeah, I can say, you know, I did it. And for me, it was more of a – I was more nervous for my sister because she mm -hmm. was a little clumsy. I'm like, dude, if she falls, yeah. we're going to leave her behind. And there's no way I'm going to leave her behind. Oh, so I'm like, mm -hmm. I stay with her. Or was it we just don't one go. sister? Yeah, at the time. Because okay. the other the other siblings were born here from the first oh, time, gotcha. okay. you know, that we were here. They were born first. So it was just the two oldest ones that we had mm. across. And this was a, you know, 11-year-old and a 9-year-old crossing. So, wow. Yeah. Babies. Yeah, we were kids. Dang. And clearly, like I said. Respect. I, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> I remember everything Dang. except it was yesterday. And you mm -hmm. know what? I'm not ashamed of it. Yeah. Well, others might say, like, oh, you didn't cross the right way. Well, I'm legal now. Well, yeah. What are you going to do about it? You know, but we're not going to get into that subject. But mm -hmm. anyways, you know, it was, yeah, it was very humbling to be able to, you know, look back and where we came from and as where we're at now, you know. Yeah. So, do you feel like being an immigrant has pushed you to do things like this, like becoming a tattoo artist, opening your own business, all those things? You know, I think it all falls back to the American dream, obviously. You know, to me, it's like, that's that, you know, to be able to, I'm not saying specifically, you know, own your own business. You can have a really mm -hmm. good paying job and still live a, you know, comfortable life. You know, it doesn't have to just be that. Yeah. But for me, it's like, you know, yeah, when you're an immigrant, you, you come here to succeed. You, yeah. You, you try to, you know, do good for yourself, for your family, for whatever it is, for yourself, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, being an immigrant definitely does push you to do, you know, more and more. 
I feel like a lot of times people that, you know, are privileged or whatnot, they mm-hmm. don't take the, you know, advantage of that, the opportunity that they have. And those of us that don't exactly have it, we pursue it. We want to yeah. do so. We're more driven to do certain things. You yeah. Know? Do you see yourself like branching out from tattoo into like doing something art related? Yeah. I mean, I couldn't honestly tell you what. But yeah, I yeah. mean, like I said, the thing about being artistic is there's a lot of things that fall in mm-hmm. place. I mean, even though, you know, even barbering to me is a form of art you know it takes yeah. a lot of time and dedication and it's funny to think that one day that's actually what i was doing i was doing barbering i remember you know cutting everyone's you know hair around yeah. the block and it was a friday you know friday evening thing and i did that and i never actually thought about doing barbering professionally so therefore mm. i didn't really pick up on it yeah i got more enjoyment out of putting people through pain where do you come from all right, so I come from a small town. I mean, everywhere I come or go, it's small, it feels yeah. like. So in the southern part of Zacatecas, you know, mm-hmm. which is called okay. La Pozol, you know, um, I was born I was born in Jalpa, which is the next neighboring town north of La Pozol, right? There I have a lot of, you know, people that live here in the area that are known. And mm. by the way, shout outs to all you guys from La Pozol, right? You know, make sure. Peace. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I come from there, you know, from a family of five. So I have four other siblings and, you know, the first of five and the mm. only guy. So, you know, growing up, it was always like, hey, you were the one that kind of has to watch out for the whole family, you know, type deal. And, you know. My my dad always being, you know, that, how do you say it, like, the kind of person that always wanted to see us do good. Mm-hmm. You know, he'd come back and forth between the states and here, and he got to a point where he was just tired of doing that, so he wanted to bring us with him. Mm-hmm. So we all came, well, obviously, it was just two at the time, just me and my older sister. Once we made it to this side, that's when two of my siblings were born, and the very last was born in Mexico again, which is kind of weird. Laura? You know, Laura. She was really? Born, she was born in Mexico. What? She was born in that. So you guys one. left, and then she was born? She was born over there. Oh. <laughs> She's another one of <laughs> nice us. Nice one. Nice one. <laughs> I told my mom, I was like, why, dude? How was life in Mexico? It was fun. It was fun and very, uh, how do I say it? Me, it, it, was, it was fun, but at the same time, it had a lot of, uh, how do I say it? going back to what i told you how i was here and i was kind of like bullied mm-hmm. well it was like every day of my life it felt like over there you know i didn't have very many friends honestly mm-hmm. growing up and uh what happened was that like i said when i left the states to go to mexico i got picked on a lot because of the way i would pronounce things especially oh. in class yeah. and you got a bunch of class clowns you got a lot of people that got <laughs> held back <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's very common. Yeah, it's very yeah, common. Yeah. So, I mean, you're there sitting next, you know, right next to a kid that, let's mm. say you're, like at the time, I can tell you that right now. I remember at the time I was eight and you had like a 12-year-old sitting right next to you just kind of mean mugging you. And I was like, dude, you shouldn't be here. And mm. because they're all the older guys, you know, yeah. they expect you to respect them. But I give no respect unless I'm giving respect type deal. Mm-hmm. So I think that part of it was that I got bullied a lot because I just could, I wouldn't take anyone's crap. Okay. And therefore, they kind of wanted me to submit to them and I just wouldn't. So therefore, I got beatings and all kinds of stuff. Just, mm. you know, just bullied. Yeah. And that's the only part that was tough. But like I said, it made me who I am today. What were your parents doing in Mexico? Well, my dad was always a breadwinner. So while we were down there, for the most part, my dad would go, you know, visit us occasionally. Mm -hmm. So he spent most of his time here in the States Mm -hmm. while he would send us, you know, obviously income, you know, yeah, yeah, to, to support us, you know. 
So my mom was always a stay-at-home mom until she came back to the states and she wanted to earn her own money. But uh, it was it was always my dad. He was always the mm-hmm. breadwinner. He was always you know supporting us. Yeah. And he would go you know a certain time of the year and hang out with us for like a month or two, and then come right back to the states. So that's kind of what he did for the mm-hmm. longest time growing up. So you weren't working yourself as a kid. I did. You I did. did. But the reason I did it was because um, I was understanding that my um. Uh, Obviously, you know, my dad made enough to support us, mm-hmm. but, like, I didn't feel like I had the right to ask for an allowance type deal. Mm-hmm. So, so one of the things that got me going down in Mexico is a, a good friend of mine who lived there locally. He moved away to uh, another town nearby, mm-hmm. and he was the donut delivery dude. And I met him at the arcade, and he told me, hey, I'm going to move away. He asked me, hey, you want to take on the donut route? <laughs> I'm all game, dude. Yeah, I'll take it. And this is when I was, I still remember, I was seven years old, eight years old. And we also had a tree that produced uh, what they called huache. It's not very known here, but uh, it's like a, how do I say? It's almost like a pea type of, it's not even a vegetable or, or fruit. It's okay. not a fruit for sure, but it's like, uh, uh it's almost like a pea, I guess you could say, but it was very commonly consumed down there. Mm. So we had a tree that gave us a lot in abundance. So mm-hmm. what I started doing, I would go around the neighborhood and I would pack these things up with a lot of it. And I was selling them for five pesos at the time. Okay. And I mean, my allowance was normally like 20 pesos. But when I started doing that, my allowance went from like being 20 to I was getting like, you know, 60, 70 pesos in a day's worth. Okay. And that was my pocket change. Yeah. I remember though, like I always give like, part of it to my mom and mm-hmm. then the other part i would just keep to myself i always made sure i had 20 pesos so what would you buy with it oh man i was <laughs> i was i was a i was highly addictive to arcade arcade oh okay yeah okay. it was bad i mean i remember <laughs> i used to spending like you know 20 pesos mm-hmm. just on arcade which is like 40 games worth you know obviously because at 50 cents a game mm-hmm. you know i would spend most of my day there and as I got, well, obviously getting older, I always put 10 bucks, 10 pesos to the side because that bought me five tacos and a soda. Mm-hmm. And then the other five, I would use it for arcade. That was it. Growing up, mm-hmm. that was what got me going. Wow. Wow. Yeah. wow. And so you brought these books. What are they? Okay. So the first book right here is uh, the tattoo textbook. This one was uh, written by my tattoo uh, instructor, okay. Shelly Dax. Uh, great person. I mean, I honestly... Best teacher I could ever think of, you know. Mm-hmm. And what's cool about it, the reason I bring it with me is because uh, I love the fact that she um, she included me in a few of her pictures on the book, which to me is kind of flattering. You know, I know that, you know, I felt very welcome in that studio and that school specifically. Mm-hmm. But uh, as uh, she sent me and my, my buddy a copy and as we're, you know, flipping through it, we noticed our pictures are there. But I just wow. so happened to see that there's more of me than anybody else, which is like. Seriously? Yeah. That's flattering. Cool. <laughs> yeah. He even tells me, like, what the hell? You know, why, <laughs> why so many of you? I'm like, I don't know. So are they now going to use this textbook? So what? Well, let me tell you a little bit about it. So this this book specifically um, has a lot of good information. So, like, if you're trying to get into tattooing mm-hmm. and you want a book that can give you, you know, a thorough explanation of how things work. This is your go-to. This is more of a manual type deal. I mean, it's it's fun. It's uh, it's got a lot of good information, but it's definitely a must-have if you're really considering to get into like the tattoo industry and you want to know a little bit about it. This is a good book to uh, purchase, and you can find it on Amazon right now. You know, I remember when she first released it, it was like the number one seller for like a few weeks, Seriously? back to back. Wow. Yeah. 
And what about this other book? So the second one I have, that's actually my uh, my tattoo book. So cool. this is uh, just artwork. This is tattoos that I've done, you know, since uh, actually this might have been just go ahead, okay. 2019. So most of my tattoos on there are from 2019. And uh, I just started playing, you know, with uh, this website and started customizing my own book. And rather than having like a little photo book like I did initially, yeah. I actually started getting into getting a nice digital one. Is there a tattoo that you have done on someone that has really impacted you that you remember and you're like, I don't know, it brings something to Glad you. Glad you asked. <laughs> yes. So there are uh, every piece of artwork I love doing. I enjoy mm -hmm. doing every one. And there has been instances where I just turn certain tattoos away because, like I said, for once, it's my name out there. So if mm -hmm. somebody sees a tattoo that I don't like myself and I have to do it. If it's bad, I hate to say, man, it might be your loved one's piece of artwork. And I respect it, but I just don't want my name behind it because, therefore, people might criticize it. Even yeah. though I can explain to them, hey, you know what? This is a special request I did for someone. I just don't want it to be seen like, oh, that's, you know, very poor quality tattoo, mm -hmm. you know? But, like, one that I like is I actually done that. There's two, I could say, but there's a, I like doing a lot of realism. Um, we're talking, like greek mythology or just simply like religious pieces and stuff like that mm -hmm. anything that's more like on the realistic side i like doing oh, okay and one of the, the i've done two back pieces with the image of jesus in them mm -hmm. and i've liked both of them they're both turned out great i was impressed myself on how great they turned out because i always like taking on challenges the one i did that i really like it's in my um it's in this book actually it's in this book And that was uh, a Jesus piece I did for a guy out of town that just kind of flew in one day with a, you know, an acquaintance of mine. Mm, okay. uh, I put a sale on a tattoo that I really want to do and more so because I really want to put it in a book yeah. so that people could see it. And it was a Jesus piece I did and it has like colored eyes, it has like green eyes and it has like <laughs> tincture of red where like the gashes are from the, you wow. know. From, from the image, you know, when he got beat. This is Jesus, obviously, before he got mm -hmm. crucified. So I, I love it. I, I enjoy it. And that's why I did a poster, you know, of myself, a banner. So whenever I go to tattoo conventions, mm -hmm. this is something I can see. People can see the artwork nice. that I did. So that's one I'm really proud of. But like I said, I don't want to give that one all the focus or credit mm -hmm. because every piece of artwork I do, I enjoy. And there's been wolves. There's been, like, my dad's. I did one of my dad of Emiliano Zapata mm -hmm. in color. And I will say I'm not a color guy. Uh, I don't like doing colors so do much. black and white. Mostly black and gray, yeah. Black and gray. Yeah. <laughs> black, black and gray is what I do. And um, like I said, don't get me wrong. I will do a color piece. Mm -hmm. But it's not something I enjoy doing as opposed to doing black and gray. What advice would you give to someone that wants to get into tattoos? Don't copy me. Don't copy no, you. <laughs> no, 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 not that. Um, well, you know what? If, if you're really going to get into it, mm -hmm. Oregon is one of the states that's like very strict with the laws mm -hmm. and regulations. So even though some of us started, you know, from doing it from home, we highly, I highly recommend that they get into some kind of schooling because a lot of people talk about trying to get into an apprenticeship, mm -hmm. but Oregon doesn't offer those. So oh. that's why we have tattoo schools. And You got the OGs that did tattooing from back in the day. Oh, there's no such thing as tattoo school. Well, it's there for a reason, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. And most people do the apprenticeships. They kind of treat, you know, people like crap or you have to earn it. Mm -hmm. You don't have to go through that. You really don't. I mean, if you have the money for it, you have the funds, go to school, get it over with, and you'll be you'll be well off, yeah. you know. Mm -hmm. So, like I said, if, you, if you're someone that really wants to get into it, like, get serious, I highly recommend you do your research, look for the right school that works best for you. I went to Garden of Inc. To me, it was, you know, the best experience I could have had. Uh, they work with my schedule and everything. So, therefore, for me, it was the go-to place. Mm -hmm. 
But there are others. You could also, you know, do your own research and see what's most beneficial for you. But So say someone is in high school and they want to go into tattoos. Is there something that they should be doing right now um, before they go into school for tattoo? Well, I mean, I honestly don't think there's much you can. I mean, it's one of those things that, like, if you want to do it, you're going to do it type deal, you know? Are you supposed to know how to draw? You know? We highly recommend okay, that you at okay. least have some kind of artistic okay, okay. ability that's, that's to get into it, you know. And you know what? I got to say, there is one one person that I know, and I'm not going to mention his name, so I'm just put him on blast, but he's, ama- he's an amazing artist. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I had math class with him in high school, he really wanted to do tattoos. And I'm like, bro, you got to learn how to draw first, mm-hmm. you know, because he was yeah. coming to me for drawings and advice. I'm like, I can help you. I'm like, but for someone that's like, really want to do tattoos you really gotta put in the time and learn how to draw man because you know that's a big key thing in it you know if you can't draw you know you're not going to be able to do it Mm. and if you do it it's not going to be the best thing so he he really wanted to do it and he pursued it and you know what to to so today, right now, he's actually one of the best tattoo artists I've known here locally. Seriously. Now he's a he's a really good guy. Yeah. So how about for someone that wants to open a business, whatever business it is, what um, advice would you give them? You know what? I'm still learning. Yeah. I'm still learning, and uh, I'm quite honestly, I don't know that I would have anything to mm-hmm. to advise people. It's just like if you're gonna do it, just do it type deal. Oh. Do a little bit of planning if okay. if if anything, because uh, I just went ahead, like I said, I went ahead and did it impulsively. I'm like, I'm gonna mm-hmm. do it. And there was an instance, and I'll tell you a little bit about it. When I first opened up the shop, it was great. I had a good following from the people that I already tattooed from home. Mm-hmm. So therefore, you know, I stayed busy for the first few months, and it was it was great. It was going good. I actually opened up my shop on my own. I just didn't really rely on anyone. I just did it and thought that I could do it just fine. Wow. And it was good. It, it was a lot of stress because I was trying to build a shop and tattoo mm-hmm. and go to work. I was trying to do everything at once, you know, so... Yeah, there was a lot of, you know, sleepless nights, trying to get everything, get the ball rolling and everything. But um, it came to a point where, let's say, I opened up my shop in July, right? And things started to slow down a lot in October, like towards the end of the year. And I thought to myself, well, I could see the holidays are coming up and all that. And I got to the point where I was barely making the rent paying, Mm -hmm. right? And I was like, man, I hope it doesn't fall so far down because obviously... I'm a new shop. I mean, I got the experience in my hands, but I'm a new business. Nobody yeah. really knows about it. And it was kind of hard really trying to get the word out there. I mean, there are very um, very few people that came through and just saw that there was oh, a tattoo shop. But if you walked up to the building, it wouldn't even look like one, obviously, yeah. you know. And then little by little, I started building it. But once October came around, I noticed that the big downfall, you know, where there wasn't very much work coming through. Mm-hmm and what year was that this was like the very beginning in 2018 okay when i first started the business and i was like man i hope it picks up because i hate to just you know having to get into my actual income from work mm-hmm. to even try to keep up keep the shop you know and uh i was kind of stressing it you know for a little bit and i was like man i just hope i don't have to get to that point and you know what once the year was over my wife she told me hey let's go to mexico i'm like well, the last thing I want to do is go. I mean, I got yeah. all this other stuff to worry about. But you're like, you know what? You've been working too hard. You've been staying busy. And I was getting like the worst migraines because mm-hmm. I was really trying to push everything through yeah. to get it going. And yeah, actually, I worked. I took a little, you know, vacation. And it did kind of help me clear my mind a little bit. And I was just like, hey, you know what? 
if it happens, it happens. If it if it's not gonna succeed, oh well, at least I can say I tried. Yeah. But once the beginning of the year started coming around, you know, people started getting their taxes and all that. Mm-hmm. So it little by little started picking up. That's cool. And then my my buddy, you know, my business partner, um, he was working at another shop, and he lives here locally. Here in the we're only like a few blocks away from one another. He actually decided that he did want to come and work with me because I mentioned it to him in the beginning, see if he want to work there. He decided that, yeah, you know, I'll join you. So, therefore, once he came on board, it really took a lot of weight off my shoulders because then it was not just me. It was yeah. the two of us, you know. Um, do you wish you had done things differently when you started your business? Well, you know, not necessarily. It's just one of those things where, like I said, for me, it's always been like get, get up and uh, get up and go type deal. You know, mm-hmm. it's like. I think that if I would have thought it more thoroughly, I would have had a little bit more cash to, you know, okay. do everything I want. Or perhaps might have even paid someone to do all the work. But I honestly don't know what I could have done different. I mean, it would have been good to have the, you know, the, the money. You know, I do I do recommend people, like, who want to start their own business in and, and this specific field specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I learned in school is that you want to have at least ten grand capital to get yourself, you know, going and everything. Because yeah. you do have to advertise. You do have to do a lot of marketing and things. And these are some of the stuff I still want to work on myself. I mean, right now, the best thing that's worked for me has been word of mouth. But you do want to have some kind of capital to go ahead and get yeah. yourself going out there, you know. So yeah. just make sure you got everything right. You got to have your money for it and everything so that you don't have to do things the way I did. I did mine mm-hmm. the hard way, but I've learned. You know, yeah. I've learned from it. So. so marketing is big. Marketing is very big. Yeah. Yeah. How can you market it to two shop? Well, like I said, going on social media, you know, yeah. you, you post your work like me. I have Snapchat, Instagram and Facebook, you know, and I get onto those daily. So every time I do a tattoo, I post it on there so people can, you know, upkeep of what it is that I'm doing. And, mm-hmm. you know, people see the work and next thing you know, it's like, oh, I want something similar. I'm like, well, I will never do the same tattoo on someone as long as it's custom if it's something that you mm. found online chances are there's going to be a tons of other people that got the same yeah. tattoo but when it's something custom like something that's meaningful to you i would never do it on somebody else so therefore you know oh, i'll do okay, a tattoo okay. sometimes and, oh i want that i'm sorry i can't do that that's for mm. a customer specific who asked for it i will not do his tattoo on you but mm. like i said that's that's the best way that's the thing that's worked mm. for me is the fact that i get on social media and people are on there all the time i myself yeah. included so you know wow okay um so word of mouth and social media mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay gotcha and i mean people that get tattoos from you are like walking billboards also right they are they are and that's that's why i take so much time and pride in my work mm-hmm. that you know mm-hmm. what even if i go over the specific amount of time that we have scheduled for i'll do it just because if people see the tattoo they're like oh wow that looks really good i'd rather go over Mm-hmm. and do a nicely done tattoo that people are going to see then leave something halfway done that's not even going to have any kind of flow or any anything yeah. to it so therefore i don't mind you know going over as long as it looks good you know yeah so i have a question so does being a tattoo artist feel very competitive like do you feel com- like competition when you see another t- tattoo artist like are you like mm, I- i'm better than you or something like that i always say that <laughs> no. <laughs> no no never that <laughs> No, you know what? I mean, there are a few tattoo artists out there that, you know, are really good at what they do. And I admire a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's some on social media. I mean, we got, I mean, is it okay to mention names? Yeah. Some of these famous tattoo artists. I mean, one of the guys I like to follow a lot is Fonzie Airshaw out of Fullerton, California. He does amazing work. He does a lot of, like, cartoony stuff with some of the old school, mm-hmm. like, Mexican, you know, 
comedians and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then there's another guy from Italy who owns his own school and everything. From Italy? From Italy, yeah. He owns his own school and has his own private studio and stuff. And uh, Here in the States or... No, I mean he he comes to the states. He comes to the the tattoo seminars. I actually oh, okay. had the pleasure to meet him in the last uh, Pasadena tattoo convention there was in the beginning of the year in mm-hmm. January. Uh, but uh, he mostly spends his time out there in Minneapolis, Italy. Oh, okay. Yeah, he has his own tattoo school and he's well off. The guy's wealthy and he's an amazing artist. So um, you get wealthy by doing tattoos, or you know what? I've never asked. But I'm assuming so. As I talk to my buddy, I mean, some people do get really so he good. Might cha- he must charge like really, really. Yeah, he ain't no typical yeah. Valentine that charges hundred bucks an hour. <laughs> <you know>? This <laughs> is <laughs> he ain't that guy. <laughs> Oh my god! Is that like the normal hundred? You know what the normal I've noticed in other shops is uh like about one hundred and fifty, one hundred and fifty an hour. You should like up, up your prices. I mean, I couldn't have thought about it. Maybe at the after uh, this podcast, <laughs> perhaps you know. I mean, I was thinking about doing it here in July, but yeah. uh, I'm not set on it. I like I like mm-hmm. staying busy and yeah. I like being affordable. I mm-hmm. mean, I thought about. You know, we got a shop here locally that's called Dependable Tattoo. They do mm-hmm. really good work. I thought about calling mine affordable, but then <laughs> you're going to get those uh. those penny pinchers. And <laughs> I want to deal with that. It's yeah. it's bad enough already as it is with some mm. people. Like, mm-hmm. we had a one guy the other day who messaged me like, hey, you know, how much would you do this tattoo for, right? So I quoted him. I was like, oh, man, you're looking about, I mean, 250 maybe 350 Depends on if you want everything that's on that page. You know, you're looking at about 350 He went elsewhere, and they uh, they were going to charge him like six hundred bucks for it. I'm like, Dang. okay, cool. And then he has a nerve to say, I um, mean, two hundred. What do you say? I'm like, <gasps> I'm like, oh. I'm like, look, homie, no, this, oh. this, this is not even insulting me, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> I can't even imagine. Oh my god. And I'm like, oh wow. Um, no, dude. I mean, we're not negotiating mm. here. Three fifty is what it is. <laughs> I mean, I almost just want to charge you four hundred just for throwing that at me. What the heck? Dang. But, uh, yeah, see, you still get people. like, And I think that a lot of times uh, people think that, oh, you know, he used to do $60 an hour tattoo from mm-hmm. home. I'm like, yeah, I did that a lot. I mean, because I didn't know what to price my work at. Yeah. Certainly because wasn't, I wasn't professional, I felt like, you know what, I got to make it affordable for these yeah. people. And, and it worked. And, you know, for the longest time, that was my set price. Mm-hmm. And people still think that, hey, he, he, he charges $60 an hour. I'm like, nah, mm-hmm. man, you must be dreaming or out of yeah. your mind. And don't get me wrong. 60 is our shop minimum so if you want to mm-hmm. come and get a small tattoo we'll charge like a minimum mm-hmm. of 60 but it's a hundred an hour rate yeah. you know for me right now and yeah. this is just as well right now and yes i did consider that starting july i would raise the price just a little bit mm-hmm. but uh i'm still like in the air about it so yeah. why not? sometimes people just like to pay more i feel uh, yeah yeah i mean they're like oh this cost me this much you know You know, and you're right. You're right. Yeah. And now that I, now that you mentioned it, yeah, I'm like that with shoes. And sometimes, like, if you get, like, if I got a tattoo, I mean, I don't know about prices for tattoos, but if it was, like, um, below what it's normal, I, I kind of would be like, is it good, you know? Yeah, I, I hear you, I hear you. <laughs> I mean, I, it looks good, but is it good, you know? Yeah, is it really good? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, you know, that's how the saying goes, you know, you get what you pay for, yeah. you know, obviously, yeah. you know? So when people say, like, oh, well, sewing, so-and-so charge you know cheaper well go get it done by then what the heck you know Mm -hmm. i'm that person i don't milk it i don't Mm -hmm. you know how to say 
I, I'm a fast worker when it comes to tattoos, but I've learned that the best work comes with things that you take time mm-hmm. with, and mm-hmm. it shows. In the end of a tattoo, it'll show when the person took its time oh, to do it, okay. as opposed to something being rushed, right? Yeah. And there are those that are fast. They are really good, and they are fast, but I myself have learned that, you know what? I take my time with it. I'll get better healing time. Mm-hmm. I get a better result in the end. So, therefore, I, I tend to, you know, really mm-hmm. uh, not, not take it slow, but really take my time when it's when it comes to something that's uh, detailed, in-depth, you know? So, doing tattoos is like, you mentioned it's like your hobby. So, it's like your playtime. Yeah, it's, it's my yeah. playtime. It's yeah. just, you know, something, like I say, it's a hobby I get paid for. That's yeah. what I look and at. And you it. just don't want to lose the passion. That's why you don't want to go all in for it. Yeah, I mean, I, it sounds like a good idea. But at the same time, it's like, you know what? I, I enjoy it being that being yeah. a hobby i feel like if i made it to where it'd be a job i wouldn't enjoy it as much yeah. i wouldn't get the same it would be stressful. Feel. yeah at that point too because if you kind of think about it if you have a job you have a security yeah. income you know what i mean with being a, a sole business owner a lot of times you rely on that and if it slows down then what are you going to do you know yeah. what i mean at least for me i have that other job which i enjoy i enjoy the job that i do i've been there at that place for uh going on 12 years i like it i mean yeah. i definitely enjoy what i do but that's that's my income mm-hmm. that's that's what i pay bills with that's how i you know keep my mortgage and everything your but, family yeah four kids one wife four kids you know a uh, lovely wife which i love the, the most she's been very yeah. supportive this whole time i mean she's put up with me me being absent you know a lot of it mm-hmm. a lot of times being absent whether it's tattoo conventions tattoo school just work in general you know it mm-hmm. does it does take a toll where you're like you know what i wish i could spend more time but I just feel like I'm still at the beginning stage, and it's been going well. I'm not complaining. Mm-hmm. I just feel like there's still more to be done. But I'm just so used to being productive, doing something gotcha. productive, that the day that I don't, it just feels odd. Gotcha. You yeah. know, I just really need to get back into that, you know. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, like I said, they, she's, she's been very supportive. She's definitely, you know, put up with a lot of my crap just throughout this whole time. And, and for other reasons, too, obviously, you know, but... Like I said, I got to <laughs> give a shout out to her because yeah. thank you. Thank you for being so supportive and being there for me every step of the way. Yeah. And so this podcast is called Happy Stars. How do you stay happy? Uh, staying busy. <laughs> staying busy. Staying busy, yeah. So for me, it's that's what it is. I mean, it's become part of me. Mm-hmm. And I think that just work and the shop itself, it's like the shop even though sometimes i might not even be doing a tattoo it's like a second home away from home yeah. like i enjoy being there cleaning making it look good just doing stuff you know randomly so that's that's how i am and i'm just happy that you know i can do what i love doing yeah you know and to just feel proud to say i have my own thing going on you know what i mean mm-hmm. not having to rely on somebody else so that makes me happy what's your biggest fear um with the tattoo shop with your career i have no fear you have no fear. You don't fear that, I don't know, a tattoo is going to go wrong. Someone's going to sue you. Someone's not going to be happy. Rumors are going to spread. Nothing like that. Nah, I mean, not really. I mean, it is what it is. You know, yeah. if someone's unhappy with what they got, then I'll work it out with them. But mm. I, I go based off of vibes. If someone doesn't give a good vibe, you're not welcome. You know, really? Simply, oh, yeah. I mean, Dang. and I'm not, yeah, legit. <laughs> <laughs> so... They walk in and you just get a bike and you're like, hmm, I'll work with you. Yeah. Like that? Like that. I'll get back to you. 
Yeah, I'm very good about reading people. I've done I, it for so long. You know, I, I, I'm i good, but I always give people the benefit of the doubt, and it never works out for me. I, I'm always I like, do, darn it. I do the same thing. You know mm-hmm. what? I, I Because of work, like the other job that I work at, mm-hmm. uh, I supervise, you know, a group of people. And, uh, I mean, I'm that kind of person that will see someone just by the way they walk. I, by the way you walk, I can tell how, what kind of a person that you are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's like, I much like you. I like to give people the benefit of the mm-hmm. doubt, but they never fail to prove you wrong. It's horrible. You know, it, it's horrible. Is, it is. And then you feel so bad for yourself because you're like, I did this to myself. Yeah, I, I knew it. You know, yeah, I, I knew it would. You know, I know. You feel dumb. You feel dumb. <laughs> I, you do, but at the end of the night, you're like, you know what? I can say I work with that person. Yeah, yeah. You, you, yeah, you feel sure. good because you gave them the benefit of the doubt, mm-hmm. and they just prove you that they're POSs, yes. and that's it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. That's just it, and. Yeah, I mean, usually I can tell people. And then there are those that are really difficult to work with. I just like, you know what, I'll, I'll let you know when I have time. Well, Valentin, where are you going to be next? Do you have any events coming that you're going to be going to? Yes, I will be going to the um, Seven Feathers Convention. Okay. Uh, when is they, that? It's going to be in August, like the first weekend of August, like the 7th, 8th, and 9th, I believe. Okay. Yeah, we're going to be at the Seven Feathers a Tattoo Convention, and there will also be uh, one in Portland. I don't know the the dates off the top of my head, but I think it's usually, they either, usually fall like at the end of the month or like mm. right in the middle, right there. So okay. there will be another one at the Portland Tattoo Convention. So both myself and uh, my, my buddy James, James Wan, mm. um, he's going to be there. So, you know, like I said, this is a guy that works with me under the same room. So we're both going to be out there, mm-hmm. you know, in August and October. So if you guys want to stop by and check out the tattoo convention, just co- co- come through, check us out at All in One Tattoo, mm-hmm. you know, and you'll, you'll see us there for yeah. sure. Awesome. Thank you so much for the shirt. He brought me a shirt, guys. Um, I actually have the the first shirt you had. That I don't think it was the first one. It was the Cinco de Mayo. Shirt. Yeah, that was. I a, have that one. Nice. I love that one because it's like Mexican. I, I don't know. I just like it. Yeah. I use it all the time. I got like the extra extra large, so I use it like a dress. I, I love it. That was uh the Cinco de Mayo one. That Cinco was like uh, that was the first year being open. Actually, yeah, because I start I opened up in July of 2018, and then. Uh, it was in 2019, yeah, 2019 when we did the Cinco de Mayo. And that was something we wanted to do on a yearly, you know, basis. Initially, we, we did it just so we can have, like, a community involvement. We're a small we're a small community, but we want to be able to, people to see where we're at and what mm-hmm. we're doing. So, in a way, it's to promote our business. Mm-hmm. But we want to make, like, a little, I guess, slash carnival type deal where kids can come and play nice. and people come and have snacks, have hot dogs with us, whatever it is, you know. So, the first year was a success. Uh, we, sold, we sold a lot of gear. We did a raffle for a tattoo, and uh, we tend on doing the same thing. We plan on it for uh, Cinco de Mayo and for Fourth of July. And if all goes well, then we'll probably have another one, another event like that one, just to oh, kind of so cool. bring the community together. You know? Yeah. I like to be able to support other mom and pop stores, and we kind of want us to get the same in return. Mm-hmm. It helps that we're the only tattoo shop and the only barber shop yeah. in the area, so therefore we just want to get our names out there a little more. Yeah. Right? So how can people know if the event goes through? I will go ahead and make an announcement on um, social please. media okay. on uh, All in One Tattoo and Barber Studio. So I'll go ahead and do that. I'll do it on my so personal follow account. follow him, guys. Yeah, check it out. You know, check out the work. Follow it. Uh, keep up for, you know, updates on what it is we have going on. You mm-hmm. know, so just kind of keep up. And uh, we will be announcing that. I'm hoping that maybe a week prior to, mm-hmm. you know, because we did get a pretty good flow of traffic in there. So hoping that people can just stop by and hang out. And if not, we'll just go ahead and announce it so people can you know, come really check cool. us out. So. 
that's really cool so guys this has been valentin serna um he's very humble as you guys can tell he's pretty funny i i find you a funny person <laughs> i'm always <laughs> laughing with him um and he's very talented check out his tattoos um you can see them here also um follow him on his social medias all in one tattoo studio and valentin serna that's Valentin, like Valentine's Day, but with an E at the end. No E at the end. Yes, no E at the end. Um, and Serna with an S-E-R-N-A. Yep. There you go. Um, yeah, follow him. And if you needed the two, he's the guy to go to. And um, yeah, that's well, that's all. Well, thanks everyone for your time. I hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, this. I had a lot of fun. Thank you for being here. So here, thank you for yeah. the invite. It's yeah. been a pleasure. Thank you. Guys, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I really, really hope that you guys enjoyed it. If you watched it via video, thank you so much for watching it. Don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to follow me and just become friends. If you guys want to connect with me deeper, um, I do have social media accounts where you guys can find me. That is at Lady Denise M. You guys can find me on Snapchat, Twitter, um, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and on Facebook. You guys can search for me as Denise Mendoza. So follow me in my social medias, but most importantly, follow this podcast because it's our time to be the happiest stars we can be. And today, it's your day to shine.